when we reflect upon time, there's always the consideration of what's up ahead. Today is the last day of our community retreat time. Tomorrow the routine changes. And the mind creates today and tomorrow a schedule. Over there, off in the imagined future, it won't be like this, it'll be like that. The mind tries to lean into the next moment, inclines towards the imagined future. So the last day of a formal retreat period is always a, an ideal opportunity to explore that leaning, that inclining, becoming a bhava tanha, how the mind creates a future and hungers for it. It overlooks this to get to that. This is kind of ordinary or not so special, but that. That's more interesting, more attractive, more challenging, more threatening. This is bhavatanha, the desire to become. doesn't necessarily mean that what's in the future is attractive or what we want, but it gets our attention. We worry about what the future might hold, what I will have to do, what that person will, will say. Or it, it can be attractive. I will be able to do this, be able to go there. This thing I can get involved in. This is bhavatanha, the desire to become. The mind overlooks this and its restlessness to engage with that. That over there is somehow more interesting, more real, more valuable than the ordinariness of this, the averageness of this moment. I regularly point out that the Thai word for ordinary, tamada, literally comes from the Pali word dhammata, of the nature of dhamma. So hidden within the ordinary is the Dhamma itself. This is a, a huge clue, very clear indicator. Tamada, Dhammata. Hidden within the ordinary, hidden within this moment, hidden in plain sight, 
an open secret. Here is the Dhamma itself. We repeat these words over and over, apparent here and now, timeless, sanditiko, akaliko. The Pachupana Dhamma, the present reality Dhamma, the here and now Dhamma. We say these words over and over again, but yet the habits of mind ignore that. We say the words, but the attitude doesn't sink into the heart that the Dhamma is here and now. It's not that the Dhamma will be, will be present when the Ajahn stops talking and we can meditate in silence. How could the Dhamma not be here and now? Where is the Dhamma not? When is it not? Timeless, akaliko, sanditiko, apparent here and now. to be experienced, to be seen by each wise person for themselves. And that's the key. It's present, but without wisdom, the attention gets distracted. Imagines a future, leans towards it. My plans. where I'm headed, what I want to do with the meditation, with my retreat time, what I'm learning, what I'm studying, what my job is, where I'm going, over there, some other place, some other time, where it's more real, more complete. Off in the future, when I have become a stream enter or an arahant over there. So the challenge then is to be awake to this present reality. The Dhamma is not over there. It's a karliko, timeless, sanditiko, apparent here and now, ever-present. Over and over again, Lumpur Sumato would encourage a, a changing of the paradigm. The habit of mind is to be doing something now, developing concentration, developing insight, training the mind now, in order to become enlightened in the future. Those ordinary worldly habits of heading in some direction to arrive at some destination. Natural enough, ordinary enough. But over and over again, Lumpur would, would emphasize that in its essence, the practice is not doing something now in order to become enlightened in the future, but being awake now. If we take the attitude that I'm an unenlightened being, 
and I've got to do something now, I've got to train my mind to concentrate, to be awake, to be wise. I've got to do something now so that I will become that, I will become enlightened in the future. Then the practice of Dhamma has been taken over by self-view, taken over by time. Me who's not enlightened, who wants to become enlightened, and it hasn't happened now, but it, <clears throat> it might happen in the future. There's an unconscious creation of self, creation of time, creation of, of location. So the essence of practicing Dhamma, embodying Dhamma, being awake now. The experience of this body, this mind, this moment, this present reality, being awake now. Not casting that into the framework of a person, it's not even me being awake, but inviting the mind to awaken. Not making the mind into a person, but letting the mind be awake to know right now. Lumpur Chah used to ask these questions. If you can't go forward and you can't go back and you can't stand still, where can you go? Buddha Dhamma is not to be found in moving forwards, nor in moving backwards, nor in standing still. Where do you go? Where can you go? How can that work? As long as the, con the conception is of me being this individual person locked into time and identity and place, then there's no solution to the puzzle. I have either got to go forward or go back or up or down or sideways, or stand still, or sit still. But if you can't go forward, you can't go back, you can't stay still, where can you go? The only solution to the puzzle is to not create self, not to create time, not to create location. The mind doesn't exist in three-dimensional space. It's just an aspect of physical form. Three-dimensional space has no relation to the mind. The mind has no form. It's no where. Awareness doesn't apply. Similarly, time in its essence, the mind only exists, is only active in the present. 
And the mind is not a person. The mind is not bound by individual identity. So the solution to the puzzle that Lumpur Chah would put, you can't go forward, you can't go back, you can't stand still, where do you go? Is you let go of awareness, let go of you-ness, let go of time. Now this leaves the quality of wakeful awareness free of self, free of time, free of location. Not me having some state, not even me being awake, but as wakefulness, aware of the feelings of I arising and passing, the feelings of time arising and passing, feelings of place arising and passing. That awake, aware quality of knowing is aware, it knows. Those aspects of the conditioned world arising, taking shape and dissolving, but is not tied to them, is not limited by them, is not identified with them. It's awake, it knows. There's wakefulness, knowing. That's all. It doesn't have to be seen as a person, in a place, at a time. Those are all additions. Patterns of experience that, out of habit, the mind identifies with, saying it's a me who's practicing, a me who's in this place, a me who has this name, this identity, this body, this story. Those are all just convenient fictions, subjective impressions. The only thing that's real is that wakeful, aware quality itself. Dhamma, knowing its own nature. Awake to its own reality. Nowhere to go, nothing to do, nothing to get, nothing to get, to get rid of. No thing to be, no thing to not be. That quality of, of awakened awareness sustains itself. The practice then is allowing that awake, aware quality to be free of obscuration, to be free of entanglements, to be free of constructed false boundaries, false limits false identities. Now this is what it means to say, not me practicing now to become enlightened in the future, but being awake now. Let the mind, the heart, be awake.
right now. And out of that wakeful awareness, there's an attunement. Attunement to the time, the place, the situation. The karma of the living world. From that attunement, then action gets taken, words get chosen, the body gets looked after, Work gets carried out. There's a relationship to the living world. And that relationship, the more that quality of awakened awareness is unobstructed, unobscured, is attuned, and the more that what needs to be done gets carried out in a careful, thoughtful, stress-free, harmonious way. Life lives itself. It doesn't have to be me doing something to get somewhere, get some result. But life living itself, the Dhamma functioning, working according to its own nature. That's all. Perfectly simple. <laughs> 